You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Thank you all for joining me today, where we are celebrating 30 years of the Family Medical Leave Act. During today's episode, I'll be providing a bit of background on the FMLA and giving you a few best practices when it comes to FMLA compliance. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. Just a quick note before we get started. The Family Medical Leave Act, or the FMLA, provides federally protected leave for for eligible employees to have up to 12 work weeks of unpaid leave per year and offer certain military family leave entitlements. FMLA applies to private sector employees who employ 50 or more employees, excuse me, private sector employers who employ 50 employees for at least 20 work weeks in the current or preceding calendar year. And this includes joint employers and successors of covered employers. Now, let's get started. So on February 5th of 1993, then President Clinton signed into law the Family Medical Leave Act. Now, 30 years later, the U.S. Department of Labor has marked the occasion by launching a dedicated FMLA website, providing new and updated resources. We're going to provide a link uh, to this new site on our episode page, so check that out. As I said, FMLA covers employers who employ at least 50 employees within a 75-mile radius of the employer's work site, including full-time, part-time, and temporary employees during at least 20 calendar weeks in the current, as I said, or preceding calendar year. Now, those 20 weeks don't need to be consecutive. Um, An employee must have worked for the employer for at least 12 months and uh, at least 1,250 hours over the prior 12-month period in order to be eligible for FMLA leave. The Act requires that covered employers uh, provide eligible employees with leave or a series of leaves totaling 12 weeks. Um, There's 26 weeks available for service member care leave, which we're not going to go too in-depth in right at the moment. So uh, again, a leave or series of leaves totaling 12 weeks in any 12-month period. So leaves can be taken for the employee's own serious illness, the birth or adoption of a child, the placement of a foster child, or the care of a seriously ill family member. And again, for certain military family leaves uh, with guarantees of job security and certain employment benefits during the leave. So FMLA is a protective leave. That again, guarantees job security and certain employment benefits maintained during the leave. So it's important to note that employees may not lose employee benefits 
accrued before taking FMLA leave. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you a few best practices when it comes to FMLA compliance. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. So there are a few important issues to keep in mind when it comes to FMLA. Employees need to uh, comply, of course, with the employer's usual and customary notice and any procedural requirements for requesting leave absent an unusual circumstance. So um, notice has to be provided to the employer at least 30 days in advance or as soon as practicable if the need for leave is foreseen and as soon as practicable if the leave is unforeseen. So employers can notify the employee that an unreasonable failure to provide that notice can result in a delay in the leave until the proper notice is given. If an employee fails to follow the employer's internal leave rules, absent unusual circumstances, then the employer can, of course, take appropriate action as long as it's not discriminatory. And what that sort of translates into is unusual circumstances would be where an employee is incapable of providing that notice because of the illness or the family member's serious illness, and they may need additional time to provide the notice. So you want to make sure that, again, it's it's a communication thing. So as the employer, you're communicating that you need the notice, but you don't want to make any decisions without actually ever getting contact from the employee. So in other words, if you don't hear back, taking it as, oh, well, I guess they're not interested or they don't need it or they're not following policy and we're going to take some adverse action. You always want to make sure from an employer perspective that you're trying to um, give the employee every opportunity to give you notice or to let you know that they need more time um, to give you that notice. And from an employee perspective, you want to make sure that you're communicating with your employer. You're letting them know that if there are unusual circumstances. If you're in the hospital, have a loved one contact your employer to let them know that. Um, if there's a delay with a doctor, you don't have to give any underlying circumstances, but you do want to let them know, hey, I'm working towards this. I'm working with my doctor to get you the notice that you need. Open communication is going to be the best way to make sure that both employer and employee are working towards upholding their responsibilities under uh, the statute. So employers are required to notify employees of their eligibility for FMLA leave and rights and responsibilities with regard to the leave within five business days of a request from an employee to take FMLA leave or if, when the employer otherwise becomes aware of a possible need for leave, again, absent any extenuating circumstances. So what that means is from an employer perspective, you can get notice of the need for leave, either by the employee outright telling you or you become aware of it some other way. 
if some other employee tells you about the need for leave or what typically happens is there's usually performance issues that the employer starts to notice um, getting to a point where maybe there's a conversation about taking disciplinary action. If this is unusual circumstances, you want to make sure before you take that disciplinary action that there's a conversation with the, with the employee um, about what might possibly be going on. Now, a lot of employers worry about having this kind of a conversation because they don't want to open a can of worms, but you can't shy away from it. Um, so the best thing to do is to face it head on. And it doesn't have to be an in-depth conversation. You never want to get in the weeds with an employee about an underlying medical condition. The conversation can be as simple as, hey, employee, we've noticed that uh, there are some performance issues and we want to talk to you about that. Um, we've noticed X, Y, and Z and your performance is being impacted. Is there anything that you need from us to help you improve these performance issues that you're having. So a basic, is there anything you need and how can we provide it? That's all you really need to, to do. We've noticed something's going on. We're giving you an opportunity to tell us you need something and we'll try to help you through the interactive process, try to find out if there's a reasonable accommodation that's going to allow you to fix whatever's going on or to address whatever issues you have, which typically tend to be um, yes, I'm having problems from the employee's perspective. I'm, uh, I'm just been diagnosed with cancer or a family member has just been diagnosed with cancer and I'm the caregiver. So there is something going on there that would require, uh, or that would make them eligible for FMLA leave. And so from that basic conversation, or even if an employee says, yeah, I'm dealing with a serious illness in the family, they don't even have to tell you it's cancer and you don't need to ask what it is. That's your notice. So be sure to send out that notice to the employee saying, okay, we talked. Here's what you're entitled to. Let us know how you want to proceed. So again, employers can require certification. Obviously, the need for leave is appropriate based on the type of leave. In most cases, the request should be made at the time the employee gives notice of the leave or at least within five days. Um, again, or for unseen leave within five business days after the leave commences. So you want to make sure that you're following up on that certification. You can request it. You need to give ample time under the circumstances for the employee to provide that certification. Now, typically employees must provide the requested certification within 15 calendar days of an employer's request that they provide it, unless it's not practicable, despite the employee's diligent good faith efforts. Um, so that's where you wanna, again, we're gonna grant you the leave, Here's all your FMLA information. Here's our certification form. Please have your doctor fill this out on behalf of you or your family member and get it back to us within 15 calendar days. You want to make sure you're marking that on your calendar to follow up if you don't receive it. And you want to make sure that you're monitoring. Why is the employee not providing it? If there's any delay, you want to work with the employee as much as you can. But you can tell them, look, we provided you this leave based on this pending certification. If you're not going to provide the certification, it could delay uh, further providing of the, of the leave. You never want to cancel the leave because <laughs> you don't want to deny it. Um, you, you, know, you want to make sure that you're working with them as much as you can and offering the leave pending the certification. You don't want to make an employee wait until they provide the certification 
that's something that's not allowed under the statute. Okay, so if the certification that's provided, this always becomes a question, what if it's incomplete or it's not sufficient? Um, if that's the case, you want to make sure you're giving the employee uh, an additional five to seven days to cure any deficiencies, um, unless, of course, again, it's not practical, despite their efforts to do so. You want to try to not make the certification a barrier. Um, you want to make sure you're getting what you need from the employee as much as you can. If it's a doctor's note as opposed to your forms, if it gives you the information you need that this person needs time off, you went, there's an anticipated return to work date or a check-in date, you might want to decide that that's good enough and not insist that they fill out your specific form. Again, you don't want to throw up anything that's going to be a barrier towards um, certifying that leave and getting that employee their time off. Now, employers, so absent any extenuating circumstances, you're required to provide a designation notice to the employee as to whether the leave will be counted as FMLA, that has to be done within five days after the uh, you as the employer have enough information to, to, to determine whether the leave is actually being taken for an FMLA qualifying reason. So that's typically after certification is received. Um, employers can generally request recertification of the continuing need for leave. Um, if the leave is for the employee or a family member's serious health condition, every 30 days, if the employee remains absent from work. However, if the minimum duration of the condition is going to be more than 30 days, then the employer can really only request certification when the minimum duration expires or every six months. Additionally, a recertification can be requested in less than 30 days if the employee requests an extension of leave. So that sort of starts the process all over. Um, the circumstances of the or or where the circumstances of the prior certification have changed significantly, or where the employer receives information that may cast doubt on the employee's reason for the absence um, of the validity of the certification. Employees have to provide the certification within within the time requested by the employer. But of course, no sooner than the 15 calendar days that's allowed by the statute after the employer requests that they provide the information again, unless it's not practicable to do so, despite the employee's diligent and good faith efforts. So I'm, I'm sure you're seeing a theme here where you are going to be working with the employee from that employer perspective. And employees, you wanna make sure you're communicating with employer if you're having a difficult time complying with the notice and certification timeframes so that nothing gets delayed um, and no frustration arises out of the process. I think that's the best way to do it. Make sure you're all communicating. Employers, you want to make sure that you are not getting down in the weeds about what the underlying condition of either the employee or the employee's family member is, because when it comes to providing the leave, it really doesn't matter what the underlying condition is. Of course, as long as it's a serious illness of the employee or a family member, or some of the other reasons that we talked about at the first part of the podcast, they're going to qualify for the leave. You want to make sure you're extending the leave pending the certification. You don't want to hold somebody back from getting their leave, especially when they're entitled to it. But you want to make sure you're working together to get all the certification that you need, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. Well, 
Happy birthday, FMLA. That's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed our FMLA celebration. I want to thank you all for joining me. I also want to thank my radio angels, James and the Name at Night, and Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Bersaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar.